0: You are now listening to episode 72 of Doc Fermento Discovers the World. We're continuing with Matt Johnson. I'm going to, or we're going to, do a few more of these and see where it leads. Maybe to a new show. Maybe some change of this show. We're not not sure yet. We're working on it. Uh, We're just going to keep recording and putting them out there. See where it goes. The website for this podcast is currently askbrian.com. This is episode 72. I have a brand new iTunes URL, so many old links are broken. Many things were broken while I was away. So we're here to repair and renew. I do have a question, and that is: Do you like coffee or do you know anything about coffee? The reason I ask is: my children have a little startup company and they do a local coffee delivery here in the neighborhood. And then we launched a little website and they sell coffee or they fulfill orders online. We ship to the United States. Uh, currently, US only. No international shipments. Their website is steppingstonecoffee.com. We're gonna have a coupon. We're gonna run it through the end of um, February 2017. That's gonna be good for 17% off your order. It's not for your order um, <clears throat> for the subscription, and it's for the life of the subscription so you sign up for a subscription coffee you name the type of coffee the frequency the quantity and you'll get seventeen percent off as long as you maintain that subscription does that make sense All right. the coupon code is going to be i'm gonna make this difficult so that uh, this this is your challenge you, you have to f- be able to do this I'm not going to write this down. This will not be in the show notes, audio only. The coupon code is the initials for Documenter Discovers the World. D F D T W 1772. 1772. D F D T W 1772 for 17% off coffee subscriptions delivered to your door in the United States oh and we can also do APO FPO military stuff so we have managed to ship those worldwide that that worked out pretty good although at least on one occasion the powers that be sliced one of the coffee bags open I'm sure uh, maybe they were looking for coffee I'm not sure but that's all they found so anyhow try give us give give it a try support my children steppingstonecoffee.com they really enjoy the coffee business they do not enjoy blogging or maintaining their website so it's it's incredibly out of date but it does work and the coffee is fresh and we ship it just after it's roasted it will arrive to you before it is even reached readiness so fresh stuff super good we have our blend called the stepping stone blend we have a winter blend something a little more robust a little more wintry, a little more a little darker okay and then we have some single origin stuff basically you could write down a little request of what style or type of coffee you like and we'll send that out We even have decaf. All right. Anyhow, steppingstonecoffee.com, DFDTW1772 is the coupon code. Good through February 28, 2017. Here is episode 72 with Matt Johnson. And as always, thank you for listening. Yeah. One part of me failed because you're back. <laughs> Did I not do
1: my job? Did I not make this clear?
2: <laughs> well
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, considering the subject matter we were talking about and unconscious motivations and all that stuff, like I think I think it's gonna take more than that to scare me away. So, you know, you got another yet another hour. Okay, all you know, right. I'll you, see what I
0: can do. What are you going to accomplish in this time? I thought you were going to be bad cop anyways on this program, but we'll see. You know... Oh, I think that's like when said, we're talking couple, about uh, people. What was that? I think that's when we're going to talk about people. Right. Then right. you'll be um, more a little more aggressive and I'm, I don't feel like talking about anyone.
1: Yeah. Which, which is
0: total bullshit because I'm the I'm the biggest gossiper of all time.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing is like, I, I, um,
0: I do feel, yeah, go
1: ahead. Sorry. No, it's fine. I I feel these little smashes of like guilt sometimes that kind of stop me, but like, the thing is, I know that if I feel like righteously indignant about somebody mm-hmm. and I've done all these sort of cross checks to sort of think like, is this just you being petty and all this stuff? Like as soon as I'm convinced otherwise, like I'm, I'm just a vicious bastard. So, mm. so my hope is that we can get to that point. Yeah, uh- sure. <laughs>
0: well, I just, well, I don't so- know. Yeah. I don't know what the slander libel laws are in the I S I don't, I think they're pretty weak compared to say the UK or somewhere. Right. I think you can pretty much trash the shit out of someone.
1: Yeah. In the U.S. Yeah. Thank God we live in the good old USA. For now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got at least two more days.
0: You know, if, uh, you, <laughs> yeah, if you were so dumb as to take a look at social media recently boy, people are really... They really think it's the end
1: times. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't... I don't... You know, it's kind of weird. Like, I have a hard time... And maybe this is because of my background. I have a hard time not being sympathetic to, the, to that end times thing. I mean, I, I, I'm... I think I've told you this before, but for the benefit of our listeners, um, I grew up uh, in the Jehovah's Witness faith, um, so I have been eagerly anticipating the apocalypse since uh, the time, since before I could walk and talk. You know, <laughs> so so sometimes those modes of thought kind of like come very naturally to me. That's a that's uh, a powerful environment you
0: were born into you know
1: yeah that'll uh
0: that'll set your psyche Uh, how how did you get out
1: oh i it wasn't really so much that i like got out um i (laughs) i guess i guess you could say i was asked to leave that we'll put it that way (laughs) um and uh you know there there was the option to to come back um, you know, like the, you know, we we really want you to come back to us. Um, and uh, when that, by the time that would have been an option, I just wasn't. Um, that wasn't anything that was left for me. Yeah, it's um, like the
0: Amish; they did the same. You're allowed to leave, and you're allowed to come back.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, like I mean, I just kind of remember. One day, just being like, you know, I believe in evolution now. <laughs> so whatever else is going to happen, that's I can't do that, and not in good conscience anyway, you know.
0: Yeah, fucking science. Yeah, it's it's a pain in the ass sometimes. Um, R- religion has to evolve to keep
1: up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is tough to do if you if you don't if you, believe in don't, such, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah. I will say this, because I don't, you know, like, I I, I, I sometimes will hear people, or, and I've, I have plenty of sympathy for this point of view, um, kind of, they have a lot of anger um, about the manner of their upbringing if they were brought up in a way like I was. Um, and I, I've gone through times like that. Um, oddly enough, I have a lot more anger towards... For things that happen to other people that I know, like who grew up with me, um, and who also, you know, were not <laughs> able to cut the mustard of that lifestyle, we'll say, um, than anything that than anything that happened to me specifically. Um, but you know, like I've gr- as I've grown up, and I've seen the ways that people end up screwed up. I'm like, well, that's just as good a way to do it as any. Like, it's <laughs> I don't, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I just. So, See, people who come from all sorts of crazy backgrounds well, that like were a lot worse than mine. And yeah, that's a it's a
0: good it's a good thing on your part to um uh, to bear witness. <laughs> so just because the harm didn't happen to you, at least you were there to bear witness to what was happening around you. You know, whether it be minor or major occurrences or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a an important thing in life is just to uh, be a witness of the changes that are occurring. Uh, even if it's for yourself or just to tell the story later.
1: Yeah, 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 you're probably right. I mean, that's, you know, it's always tough because, like, sometimes you, you, you just feel like you should have done something, you know, or should have spoken up when you could have had a moment. But it's almost like you have to go through a lot of periods where, you know, the pain of not speaking up or doing something or not knowing what to do has to inform you know later when you actually have a little bit of
0: yeah hard to hard to be the actor the you know the protagonist if you you haven't experienced enough yet i like i liken it to something that taleb said about uh, the color of facial hair and what you basically were kind of like what you're allowed to say depending on the color of your beard for a man of course or whatever i don't know anymore but um yeah Uh, like if you have a little bit of gray in your beard, um, there's, uh, God, I wish I could nail it like exactly how he presented it, but basically you're allowed to question things if you have, you know, gray, some gray in your beard. And then if, if your beard is all gray, then you're allowed to teach.
1: Right. (laughs) That's yeah. I, I think there's a lot to that. That's, that's actually, uh, ironically enough, a biblical thing, um,
0: well, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. You know his, yeah, definitely a lot. A lot of what he's teaching is you know some kind of regurgitation or composting that he's done of you know his his religion and faith based living.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Orthodox, yeah, and that tradition,
0: orthodoxy,
1: right? Um, and that whole Middle Eastern kind of like wisdom tradition of, um.
0: Yeah, I think he follows the Greek Orthodox. Well, yeah. he follows that for dietary calendar. I don't know about his personal faith. I shouldn't speak to that. Um, right. And the reason I brought it up also is um, I had a lunch with someone today, a friend of mine, I really wanted to reconnect with. He's an entrepreneur. He mm-hmm. does uh, online sales, and he's an inventor and a creator. and a, He's really an amazing guy. Mm -hmm. I had a, got a chance to sit with him for an hour today and uh, talked about launching the podcast and he said, he asked if I would consider doing a critique of anti-fragile and maybe break it into several parts. And I said, I'm not that smart. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I could read you the wiki on it, but. I don't know if I have anything to add, you know.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you bring that up. I actually have a couple of friends who have been sort of having this discussion. Um, one guy is a pretty, pretty stark uh, critic of of Taleb. Um, and honestly, like, I wish I could kind of, like, summarize a lot of the, the main points of the his critique of him. Um but you know, it's kind of like you said. Like, I'm not. I don't quite have the cognitive firepower to <laughs> to completely hang up, hang with it all. You know, not not enough to kind of reiterate yeah, it. Yeah, I'd
0: be the wrong guy to do an actual critique since I'm pretty much just bought in. I think right. <laughs> it's the greatest work of nonfiction I've ever read.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because like as I've read these. You know as i've read his commentary on it um i see a lot of his points um you know in this kind of dialogue somebody was like well you know most the biggest problem with most of the people who criticize Taleb is that they haven't actually read what he said um or they don't know what he's what he's talking about enough to even criticize them and that wasn't the case with you know with the guy i'm talking about here um and so, you know, like I said, I can't really point to, at the moment to any specific examples, but the, the thing I kind of took away from it was like, yeah, I mean, there, there are probably some critiques you could make uh, as far as Anti-Fragile itself in the book. Like, all I knew was that, like, things were personally better for me from reading that book than they were before I read that book, you know? Yep. And, I'm going to
0: totally agree with you. From my personal view, also same thing in my life.
1: Yeah, and you know, sometimes you you sometimes you get a you, you, people don't have to people don't have to be perfect to to deliver something that gets you to the next level. You oh know yeah, I mean?
0: any so far in my life, anyone who has talked negatively about antifragile actually just does a ad hominem against Taleb himself. Just attacks him, his personality, his you know, but not the actual content. Right. Regard, right. You know, no, totally, uh, n- you know, no context. But, you know, he's a very divisive figure. And and he's also a, just a horrible speaker. Like, if he's on a <laughs> show, if he's on, like, an economics <laughs> panel for a, you know, one of those stupid CNN money segments or something.
1: Right, right, right. What
0: the hell he's saying, I have no idea. <laughs> um, what he needs to do is just slam his fist down and flip the tables over, okay, because that that would be more effective.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, and I wonder if that... I mean, like, that's the thing that just kind of gets me. is like sometimes he'll say stuff, and, I, and I'm like... And, and I've noticed this more with the writing that kind of came after Antifragile, like some of the blog posts and stuff. It's like he's deliberately saying all these things so you can't almost... It's almost like you... You know, if you're a normal person, you can't follow the argument.
0: (laughs) Not at all. And especially once he starts mixing in all his maths, he just goes, you know, because he's a, I don't know what you call it when you're obsessed with mathematics, but that's, I think that's where he's at. And then, you know, for any average person, you're just
1: lost. There's no way to understand what he's talking about. So then you can, so then it, 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 it. You know, it's almost like you can't criticize it because they're like, "Well, you're just too stupid to follow the argument."
0: <laughs> no, well, that's pretty much what he says to everyone, you know.
1: Right. You're a stupid idiot and
0: right. BS artist. Which and... I, I'm
1: happy to admit that I'm a stupid idiot and I can't follow follow the argument. So. It's an you know, one one
0: thing about it is that it's just like a something that I do. It's just a filter. It just keeps mm-hmm. people away that you just don't want to waste your time with. That's like when um. Some Something simple as an example is um, a posting for a job, say, on a jobs board or a, an ad. Someone's hiring, and they'll put all these qualifications on there. And people are like, oh, my God, like, look at all these qualifications you have to have to get this stupid menial task. And it's like, no, it's not. It's just to scare everyone away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They'll hire anyone if you show up and you're the right person. If you right. can find a way to do
1: that, you know. I don't think I've ever been qualified for any job that I've had in the last 20 years, except that I've always been pretty good. You know,
0: <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not qualified for any job I've ever had because I am the world's worst employee. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you don't want me as an employee. I, I am horrible. I just don't give a shit and I will just walk out like I just will wander off. You know, I don't think you're allowed to do that on most jobs.
1: No, no, it's usually generally frowned upon i uh, i have the I have the opposite problem. I probably stick around longer than I should um I'm one of those go down with the ship kind of guys <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. for me like i I don't think I've officially been employed in around a decade, I'd say maybe twelve years ten twelve years since I've actually had a job, I,
1: uh-huh.
0: Which, you'd have to ask my wife how happy she is about that. But it's just the way I am.
1: Well, you know, she, she's still your wife, so I guess that at least... And not even really. I,
0: we, we always have this problem filling out forms and, uh, like, uh, forms for financial stuff. Because we're oh. not technically married. But we've been together for 20 years. Well, isn't that like a common law? They say that, but I don't know. I I don't know. I think that's state dependent, and I don't know if there is such a thing. And we've lived in multiple states. We lived in Ohio and California, and then Ohio again. So I don't know. I don't. I really don't care.
1: Yeah. Well, my brief experience with the state bureaucracy of of Ohio makes me think um, that if there's a way that they can obfuscate that. Process, they probably will.
0: Ohio's um. <laughs> a weird but. place, you know. <laughs> you can walk around with a gun. It's an open carry and concealed carry state. And yet.
1: Hey, so's New Hampshire.
0: But yeah. you'll get busted, broken down for some menial drug violation or
1: something. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It. <sighs> I don't know. It's kind of a weird that I don't know that I completely follow it. I, don't, you know, um, but the um, well, I, I, I guess I don't. I don't want to comment on state politics because I'm, I'm going to end up being like saying, something, mangling it hopelessly because I just don't even know what I'm talking about. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, New Hampshire is a is a. Um, I don't know if you know this, but our um, our state motto is live free or die. Oh, of course. That's... Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's right the on landscape. the license plate.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is, in fact, right on the license plate. Um, and we really live it, you know. We, I, I'm, like, half an hour from the Vermont border and about half an hour north of Mass, and you know, the landscape and everything is the same, but, like, it's a totally different world when you step foot into the other, on the other side. It's like totally different attitude. Uh, Vermont is like you know little hippie workers' paradise. In the, <laughs> and <laughs> so, what does up. New
0: Hampshire think that they're some anarcho paradise, or they try to be, or something?
1: Yeah, that's basically it. There's actually a movement here a few years ago where they were like they call it the Free State Movement, where they were like actively recruiting. Um, like anarcho libertarians and ANCAPs to come and like try to sway everything. Uh, yeah, I
0: remember hearing about that on, um, Jack Spierko's podcast. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with that guy. No, no. Anyways, he, he was giving a list of states that you should or could consider moving to, and New Hampshire was like number one on the list.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Um, Especially for like Second Amendment stuff, it's probably the most um, flexible there. Um, the uh, and that you know even even the tax laws and everything like there's no income tax here. Um, everything is supported basically through town or municipal property taxes, and so it's 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 a total it's a weird little environment, little um, nation state thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much
0: i wonder i wonder how it holds up fiscally like i wonder how it, how it's actually doing or or how compromised it is you know what is the the dream of it versus what is the reality and how does that all work i'd, I'd be interested i I might spend seven minutes reading about
1: that yeah you can probably find out a lot and that'd be minutes. about it yeah yeah <laughs> i can tell you one thing it's like it's kind of funny because, like, most of us that live here are sort of, you know, on the more civil libertarian side. Um, but because of the, like, Overton window, it's kind of like the real, like, there's these these guys in Keene that are, um, where I live, that have a, you know, like, they're just, like, like real a- activist kind of, like, there were there was this whole thing where they were going around like paying other people's parking meters, you know, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. and like just you know like harassing the harassing the the parking attendants for being an instrument of state violence or whatever. And... Yeah,
0: there you go. That's taking Big Brother to task right there. Yeah, <laughs> <Wow>. yeah. impressive. <laughs> so brave.
1: Right. And so all the rest of just kind of like. Okay, sure. <laughs> Whatever you guys want. <sighs> but, uh, the, other, the other reason I shouldn't talk too much about New Hampshire right now is because, you know, we get like five hours of daylight this time of year. So every opinion I have on any subject is compromised um, by my, you know, lack of vitamin D and my just general malaise and
2: mm-hmm.
1: and antipathy towards my fellow human beings.
0: Yeah, we're uh, pretty we're pretty deep into the winter, so yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I uh, to fight back against that, I I do tanning. I go I go tanning. Mhm. I found a place that has a special um UVB bed. So it's UV oh. it's UVB rays and uh what they call it is a bronzing bed. So in the tanning world, they have their own language and verbiage and they don't talk about science they don't talk about uva uvb nothing so you have to do your own research and then ask the questions in their own language are these the
1: discourse conventions
0: yeah pretty much they say oh we have our purple beds gold level platinum and you know all this i'm like yeah uh which one has the predominantly uvb well, it depends. What are you looking for, you know? And you're just like, no shit. Just give me. I just want to know what kind of light these things are putting out. Right. And they just don't know, or they won't tell you. So you just do your own research. Turns out that it, these these beds that um, prep, prep you, prepare you for tanning. They typically call them bronzing, and they supposedly prepare your skin to accept a tan. Right. So those beds are, you know, somewhere around uh, 85%-ish UVB, something like that. Don't quote me. Um, and I just use that uh, bed exclusively uh, once a week, eight minutes. And I'll tell you, I get really fantastic results. Even for me, I'm an insanely negative person. Um, and. I walk out of there, I feel there like
2: I'm
0: yeah, I feel like I'm glowing when you know when I come out of there and I generally in a good mood for hours afterwards. So I don't know, maybe it works. I've never checked my vitamin D levels, but it seems to work well, for yeah, me. Yeah,
1: I've I've actually I've actually done this too, which is, you know I I kind of get a kick out of the comedic factor of like, well first off a black guy in New Hampshire is just kind of funny anyway. Um. But so you know, every interaction I have is some level of amusing. Um, <laughs> for that reason, but when I when I walk in, I'm like, "Hey, can I use the danding bed for a few minutes?" And they're like, "Sure." Yeah, that's uh, kind of okay. funny. Yeah, yeah. And um, and just and, crank and, it
0: up to maximum, please. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and make sure that. Rays are coming straight down from the top, like you know, equatorial Earth.
1: What what I think I need to do is like just to really make it fun, like bring in a picture of, um, you know, like some like redheaded boy, and just claim that as my before picture. There you go. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this this bed works great. Um. But yeah, uh, So, but I haven't done a lot of the, the research about it, um, you know, as far as, like, safety and everything like that. I, I don't do it regularly enough, but like you, I did. I do feel that it does make a difference. Um, you know, what I'd really like is to get one of those, like, full-spectrum sun lamps that's, you know, ex- exactly for that purpose, but...
0: Yeah, those, like, day lamp, um, you put them on your face in the morning kind of things.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard very positive.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. I read a lot of, about that years ago, and I never did. I just went for the, whatever, tanning bed.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, MacGyver-like solutions to, to the problems that we face. So
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, and I'd rather try this than take a vitamin D pill. It just seems weak.
1: I don't... I. I... Tried taking vitamin D. I've even tried taking like huge doses of vitamin D. That was kind of a big thing a couple of years ago, and found absolutely no, like, didn't do anything. Like,
0: yeah. And just ma- to just to even start reading about it, you talk about a rat hole. I mean, yeah. it's just insane. You can never make sense of it. Right. Forms, dosages, IUs, whatever. It's just it's just madness. We don't know anything.
1: No, no. That's that's generally my that's kind of what I've come to as my um my general belief about pretty much any nutritional matter. Um uh, we do know a lot, um and there are, you know, some very precise things that you can do in very precise circumstances, you know, like therapeutic interventions, but for the most part, like you know, I, I think people try to, um, people get very atomistic about this stuff um, and trying to manipulate things on a level that I just don't think, I don't think it's the right level of analysis most of the time, um, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, as far as like recovery of health, uh, I found, um, this is, you know, the paleosphere pretty, pretty helpful. Um, uh, the uh, elimination diet. Uh, for starters, taking mm-hmm. out a bunch of stuff, getting down to some basics, moving forward from there, and just skip all the arguments and all that. Just give it a try for yourself. It doesn't do harm. Um, see how you feel. This mm-hmm. is the whole Rob Wolf spiel, you know, 30 days, see how you feel. Right. Um, so, you know, from that aspect, uh, that's like a an easy intervention. But as far as taking something, it's really hard to say. Although, I'd say I've taken everything, just every goddamn thing over the years. Uh Um, And there was one thing that really made a a really remarkable difference, and that was magnesium, Mm. supplementing magnesium. Um, Just sleep like a rock. Your nervous system just goes into the most calm state. They said, like, I felt like I was made out of lead, you know, when I laid in the bed. Yeah. No twitching, no nervousness. You just, boom, and then you're out. But uh, when you start, well, at least for me and some reports I've read from other people, you can get some pretty wicked dreams.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: It's as if you haven't dreamt and your brain's just going to make up for lost time. Like you haven't dreamt (laughs) in 20 years. So your brain goes into (laughs) hyperactive uh, nightmare mode. Which I enjoyed. It's like free yeah. free entertainment.
1: Right, right. Um, I actually, you know, it's funny. I did try Z. I tried uh, not make. Well, I tried ZMA a few years ago, um, and uh, like a lot of things, you know, it worked so well. I stopped doing it. Um,
0: oh yeah, I I'm, I no longer take the magnesium. It was so amazing. I just
1: stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I. I I see. We have we have that in common too. Um, it didn't. I mean, I did get like a. I did get a slightly. I I don't recall my dreams getting crazier because um, they've always been kind of crazy when I do. You have didn't them. do it hard enough. Apparently not. Um, that's that's, what they say about everything. Right, right. You didn't. Re- it's not real. You didn't give it a real shot. That's right. Yeah. Um. You know, there was this one variable that you did not take into account, um, and, and that is you didn't do it hard enough. Yeah, and you didn't do it hard enough, right? Um, <laughs> you know, you you didn't you didn't make sure that the magnesium was ground out of the bones of grass-fed. That's right. Yeah, humanely raised. Got
0: to get it in that. Yeah, all these things, all these things, all these. My God, you drive yourself crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. The, but, uh...
0: but then that's the other problem sometimes is um, people will um, they say they had a problem. They overcome health-related issue. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're just promoting people that um, it's just about the basics. And you just do the basic things and eat well and lift weights and get strong and everything's fine. Actually, <laughs> Actually, no, we're... Yeah, we have a lot of problems. Like people have very specific, you know, problems. And I, oh, wish, right. I wish they would give, um, say, like some gurus or some of the people who are the mouthpieces of health and wellness would just be a little more kind to people who struggle, you know, um, with, with their specific issue.
1: Right. Yeah, because like you said, it's always there's always that, that tinge of you didn't do it hard enough. Um, or you weren't following the proper stricture, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and so you, there's this whole thing where it's just, you blame people, like if they get sick or if they were sick before something happens to them, it's like, oh, Well wow. Yeah. If yeah. you
0: got cancer, that's because you ate carbs.
1: Right. Jeez. Yeah. That's. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah. then-
0: one paper comes out and says that they found that some cancer cells feed off of glucose sugar so right. therefore <laughs> yeah if you don't eat any sugar you won't get cancer you know you I read this all the time and it's
1: like uh-huh no it doesn't work that way right yeah exactly um you know <clears throat> what i found because for me, the whole reason I got into this stuff, um, is because, you know, like growing up, I had a very, very severe weight problem, um, which has kind of morphed into a, just, you know, <laughs> more of a moderate weight problem. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was, I was like, you know, I was over 300 pounds in my late teens and, What? What? yeah. Really? Yeah. Holy
0: shit. Okay. So in your late
1: teens? Yeah. When I was about 19 or 20, I was about 315 pounds, something like that.
0: 315?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I honestly, I think I got heavier than that, but it's like at that point you just don't even... You never step on a scale again? Right. Exactly, you know. But you've got like size 55 pants or whatever, (laughs) and you just and you're so, not and you're not a collegiate footballer, you know. No, no, not at all. I'm, you know, I'm a rather lethar- lethargic guy who's about 5'11 and you know um
0: so what the hell did you
1: do after, you
0: know, once you got to that point? What did you what happened
1: to get rid of it or Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, moving forward yeah. from there.
1: So, um well, so this kind of plays into my, you know, my overarching theory that most of these things are, at least in my case, most of my issues are psychological. Um, but there were physical interventions that took place. So I'll tell you the story. Um, I used to play, um, I used to play on this pool league, like a eight ball pool league with a really good friend of mine. And um, you know, he was a little older than me, and I would always kind of talk to this guy and. You know, about whatever was bothering me, and I, I, I was, uh, I was just whining about the whole litany of, you know, things that I had to whine about. I was probably about twenty-two, maybe at the time, and, uh, you know, he was this like gruff guy from New York, and he just got like sick of hearing it.
2: <laughs> you know, he's
1: mm-hmm. just like, yeah, he's like, you know, he's like chain smoking cigarettes through this whole conversation. He's just like, yo. You're a smart guy. Just 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 do something. I don't care what it is. Just do something. Go home. You know you, you always you're always reading a book or something. Just read a read a fucking book. Figure it out, man. You want to do something, just do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, Okay.
0: Hey, I like this guy so far, so uh,
1: Yeah Yeah. <laughs> I'm still I'm still really good friends with him. Um And uh, so I was like, well, well, fuck you. Yeah, I think I can't do anything, you know. Um, And uh, I I basically, like, became a monk about this stuff. Um, I, you know, but so this, I got, this was like, you know, because I'm not the kind of guy who can just, like, do all the normal stuff, so I... Had to like think that there had to be like arcane knowledge somewhere, you know. Um, so I was getting all these like things off of like the kettlebell forums, and and <laughs> like, like back, back so I was actually one of the first people that owned a kettlebell in the state of New Hampshire. Like back then, <laughs> back then you could only buy them from one company, yeah. um, uh, Dragon Core. right? Right, and um, you know, like the shipping was terrible. This was like This was, like, in the days of, like, dial-up internet, you know? And, uh... you paid
0: $300 to get a kettlebell delivered to your door.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah! And I, like, worked part-time in a supermarket. Like, I saved up for, like, a month (laughs) to get get my kettlebell, you know? And, like... And it took forever. And, like, the the UPS guy was just like, what the fuck is this thing, you know? Because it's, like, this tiny box and it weighs, you know... (laughs) 40 pounds, I think, was, you know, the first one I got. Was I like mean, yeah, it,
0: it's, it's quite literally the heaviest thing you
1: could order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it took forever. The shipping was insane. Um, so I got that, and there was a book. Um, I think actually Dragondor also sold this book um, called Natural Hormone Enhancement. Do you remember that, or have you heard of that one? No, I don't know that one. So it was kind of... Um, uh, you know, I would almost say it's kind of proto paleo. It was like a, it was like a cyclical keto diet, basically. Um, but he used a lot of like, kind of like you know, eat like our hunter gatherer ancestors reasoning mm-hmm. behind. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I followed, and it was pretty easy to follow because it was like two days, ta- two days a week. I would like carb up. Um. You know, and I really like spaghetti. So when I was when I was insanely overweight, this is, this is the thing that's really weird about this. Sorry for the digression, but like I think about the stuff, like I would eat like a pound of cooked spaghetti.
0: My God! Like, yeah.
1: Just like by myself. Yeah. You know, or like, and and that like that sounds so insane to me now. So much but, like, for
0: like, cooking at home being the key to health. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but like, if there was spaghetti, I would just keep eating it. Like. Or I'd go out... Or, you know, I'd go out for a pizza. I remember I had this friend who was, like, tall, skinny guy. And we would go to, to this pizza place. And it was this, you know, like, really oily, greasy Greek pizza. And we get a half... we we get a family-sized pizza. And the two of us would eat almost the whole thing. And I... You know, of course, there's soda refills through the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, you know, I've just got a gland problem or whatever, right? Um, and... Uh, but anyway, so so I would, so I could still like kind of go crazy on the on the pasta doing this a couple times a week, because he had this whole you know like, insulin yeah, he had a little workaround, yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, for the rest of the week, it was eating like meat and vegetables, and you know maybe a little bit of Ezekiel bread or something here and there, but very you know it was like sixty grams of carbs a day or something like that, and you know all the veggies and all that stuff. So was, I mean, it was a fairly the thing was, it was a hell of a lot healthier than what I was doing before, and you know, I was kind of dutifully swinging my my kettlebell around. I also was doing. Um, there was this big thing back then called combat conditioning.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah you remember that one? That should and, always be big. It's that's cool. Yeah. No, <laughs> no cost.
0: No. That's some no cost. Just yeah, just some.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I was doing all like the Hindi squats and and all that stuff in my living room. Um, and I got off on that because, I, you know, as you know, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan and always had been. And so I was like, oh, yeah, this is how I'm working out like Carl Gotch or something. I'm like, whatever. But Yeah, this is that
0: great myth that when you see the guy that shows you one exercise, you think he got that way because of that exercise. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, or, exactly. Like
0: right. even um, Pavel, you think, you think he looks like that because of the kettlebell? No but it's a part of it, you know.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Um, and, well, yeah, like, do you ever hear the old story about Charles Atlas in the court case?
0: No, no, I haven't.
1: Well, So, it kind of bears on this. Like, Charles Atlas, you know, he used to sell those dynamic tension courses, and uh, he would claim that you could get in this incredible shape without lifting weights just by, by, um, by, uh, resisting yourself with dynamic tension, like bracing one muscle against the other. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so somebody sued him, said that like, that's not, you know, like he doesn't even do that. He actually lifts weights. Like those aren't realistic claims that he's making. And (laughs) this was, I don't know, this story may be apocryphal, so don't, but this was transmitted to me. So who knows? But he uh, he 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 was like, "Oh no, no, Your Honor, I I merely test myself with the weights to make sure it's working." (laughs) Oh my god! And they were like, "Well, true story, that is fantastic." Yeah, they're like, "Well, how how uh, how often do you test yourself with the weights?" Oh, you know, three to four times a week. Oh
0: my (laughs) god, this is so fantastic! Weights (laughs) as a scientific instrument the right. measuring device is the weight right. oh my god this is so great oh yeah so but, three to you four know, times a week pumping iron just to see where I'm at <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so great but maybe in his mind he believed it I don't know that's just nuts well people can
1: convince themselves of some of weird anything. stuff anything yeah. yeah that is really great <laughs> yeah but once you know that story like anytime anybody tries to tell, I tell talk you about anything. the
0: ultimate confirmation bias right. he just keeps lifting these weights and he oh my god gets stronger and stronger and it's because of these isometrics or whatever he's doing on the right. side
1: <laughs> oh that's so it's like working
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um so yeah, there's been a long line of that that fitness uh, fitness hucksterism is, you know, it's going a lot longer than all the the slimming teas on Instagram and all this other stuff that keeps going around. There there keeps there keeps being a market for it, so I don't think it's going oh, away. It's anytime. not going away. It's been around forever. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the thing is, like, I can't. Like, I, I kind of laugh at some of the stuff that I did, you know, but like, at the same time, like, it's were a you, lot better than. I was going to say, were you losing
0: weight? Were you getting stronger? Were you feeling better?
1: Yeah, exactly, you know? Well, I, and yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was a lot. It's a lot better. It was a lot better than just, you know, shoveling soda into my mouth every Friday night. Um,. And, you know, dying early, which, you
0: know. Yeah, sometimes the intervention is, the the strongest part of it is what it removes from your life. Right. Yeah. Even if you were lifting weights improperly, not heavy enough, not whatever, but it kept a soda out of your hand. Maybe that, for that time, that was enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that the kettlebells were really doing anything because... Well, kind of like when I actually started lifting actual weights a few years later, you know, clearly the Charles Atlas effect was not happening for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cuz I was humbled pretty quickly. But but you know, like I don't know that it was, but it was it was enough, you know, I worked up a sweat, um and uh I got a lot stronger and, and a lot more active than I was, you know, I started doing, being able to do stuff, like, I used to play in this band, um, and we would do these band practices, um, and the, the girl who we played, um, we would rehearse, and she had this, like, shed outside of her house, you know, and she lived at the foot of this mountain, and, um, eventually, we got to the point where, we, you know, like, I would climb the mountain with all my buddies, uh, you know, and it wasn't, like, a huge mountain, but it was, like, mm-hmm. you know, it would take an hour to get there and or 45 minutes to get to the top and, we like, run around because, you know. And, um, like, just a few years before that, I mean, that would have been completely out of the question for me to mm-hmm. be able to do, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, and, it, and it was funny because all my friends that I... You know, all, all the guys from the pool hall and everything that I hung out with. Like, I didn't even go there for, like, six months. Like, my friend told me to go do something about it. And so I did. And I literally, like, didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> Just, that's all I did for six months. Uh, and then the next time everybody saw me, they were like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the best good, line. That's me- a great way to do it. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of fun. It was, like, going, doing a deep dive. I, I have a tendency to do that when I get stuck on something. Um, my, my my friend, not long ago, this was a couple years ago, he's talking to somebody. Because, of course, you know, now a lot of people never knew me back then, but this this guy who told me this, they were yeah. like, did Matt really used to be that fat? And he goes, are you kidding? He used to look like a brown M&M with hair. <laughs>
0: that's pretty fat.
1: Yeah. That's pretty much what I looked like. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I'm, I'm happy to not be that guy anymore. You know, I still have to kind of keep an eye on things, but how did you get, uh, kind of, how did this become a, a, a thing for you? Uh,
0: well, I had some pretty serious, significant health problems, um, pretty severe asthma, asthmatic, and, uh, I had. Gastrointestinal issues pretty severe. Mm. And uh, I was I think I was just technically obese ish. Say I'm five right. eleven and I was I don't know, two twenty five, two fifty. I don't I don't know. No. I don't remember. Right. And um it's just uh, it probably Not the physical stuff, but my mind was just completely broken. Like I was just in a really bad place. And then I hit my head severely. And that caused me to... um, It actually ruined my life. Um, uh, It caused me to lose my business. Um, And uh, I had a newborn and two toddlers... I lived in California at the time in the San Francisco Bay Area. And this also was at the same time as the economic collapse of 08, 09, whatever, oh, whatever wow. that was. Yeah. And so all these things uh, came together at the same time. And um, both of our, my vehicles got repossessed. And um, so we would have to walk to the grocery store. And so I started walking every day and everything mm-hmm. i needed i would walk and um so in some weird way it started with walking mm-hmm. um i i was the i went into hunter gatherer mode i had to <laughs> walk to the grocery store to get my food suddenly you know and then also just doing some research and things i i, I wasn't walking to a fast food restaurant we walked to a grocery to a grocer and bought meat and produce no pre- uh-huh. no prepared foods and then we would come home and cook for us and our kids and um, so it kind of all started like that um, it's it's a tangled complex story because of the head injury and um, psychological mm-hmm. trauma and so I may retell this story differently each time but I just remember right. different parts each time
1: well so, you know we well, yeah. know what Jordan Peterson would say right? No, what's how's that? He you uh you you um you fell into the underworld.
0: Oh yeah, the first time I heard him say that, I was like, "Oh god, I've lived there." I didn't visit. I I I I was mayor. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you, <know. laughs> you were the, you were the Four Square mayor of the yeah. underworld. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's what happens to people. Um and it sounds like anyway, you know, you were able to slug it out and extract some of the information to kind of to to get yeah,
0: and i've often said uh like, i would like to say a very simple thing it, the movie food inc as mm-hmm. uh, a very simple movie and yet that was my introduction to food
2: mm.
0: it was actually that uh, documentary that by by today's standards is probably seemingly trite or something like Right. Is there that much even in there? Who doesn't know this by now? But for me at that time, it was completely profound. Uh, I mean, it had a strange effect on me. I, I stopped eating meat and went vegetarian for like 18 months because I, I just uh, didn't know what to do. Right. But that was the part of the movie that offended me the most. So that, that was how I started. Um, a lot of things in my health did not improve, but I lost weight. You know, so yeah. I was able to move a little better, but I had the GI issues, which may, may have even gotten worse, and um, my brain didn't improve so greatly. So then it, it was just a long course of trial and error. And then the second most impactful reading thing was um, Rob Wolf's book. Yep. So, yeah, just uh, some pretty simple stuff.
1: Yeah, so.
0: I, oh, and then, I, I, uh, one important okay. thing. Mm-hmm. Well, for the gut, the gut issue, the GI issue, was I discovered fermentation, food fermentation, oh. mm-hmm. which led me to it's getting perfect. the moniker Doc Fermento. <laughs> yeah. Because talk about, like, going overboard, like, that. I just dove in. Like, I just became, like, f- fermentation was my obsession. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, sometimes it's good that there are specialists that can, uh, you know, get all of the lore correctly for the rest of us. Um, I, you know, I, I have not made any kind of a deep dive into this stuff at all, other than like, I noticed that if I ate sauerkraut and kimchi once in a while, it seemed to make me feel better. Um, there's probably a lot further I could go with it. Um,
0: yeah, I, and, and for a lot of people, it makes them feel worse, because they have a histamine intolerance, or some other problem, goitrogens or something else. So you're going to get a different oh, result from so many people. Um, it is not a panacea of health, but for I'd say a large percentage of people who don't eat correctly, it's a good first step. Um, for one, it's a cultural food and all cultured foods are in some way. They go through some type of fermentation process, coffee, cheese you know all the charcuterie everything Mm -hmm. every every fancy damn food has been cultured in some way so there's something to it but it can lead you into some problems
1: yeah i mean it seems like most most things can i mean i know that well that's the thing it's like it's really hard to make um broad recommendations um you know, beyond a certain level, like like you were saying, like, you know, an elimination Yeah, you guys. can,
0: but then you have to be willing to um, help someone forward if they run into a stumbling block and not cast right. them aside, you know.
1: Right, right. <laughs> See, if, if only you had had greater faith, my child.
0: Right, you know? right. <laughs> so, yeah, the fermentation helped my gut. I managed to get off of all my medications. You know, I was on all the PPIs, proton pump inhibitors, and... All that stuff. And um, once I got off of grains and legumes and stuck with the fermentation, then I haven't had uh, those problems at all in my life. And they were debilitating at one point. So wow. it's pretty pretty remarkable, really.
1: Yeah. that's Well, that's incredible.
0: And then later um, I had some very serious other health issues, but that's for another episode.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, we got to keep a little, you know a little back for everybody
0: oh yeah yeah but i have enough pain we can go on and on and on this one end. <laughs> and i'll create new pains so it's the never-ending story back.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i am um, right now for me one of the things that i've noticed because like i said my weight has always been sort of like everything that kind of tracks um you know, like I never went back to being in the situation that I was at before, but I, you know, I, I still have to kind of put a lot of conscious effort into keeping myself in a, you know, in where I want to be. Yeah, I'm um, shocked.
0: I just, I thought you were like, uh, just some naturally supremely fit person, yoga practitioner, Instagrammer <laughs> of poses.
1: <laughs> Um, yeah, like that is the complete opposite of like my natural, you know, um, you know the the thing I've always admired big cats, you know, like lions and tigers and stuff. But I think the thing that I really identify the most with is just like wanting to sleep all day. Um, <laughs> <Sure. you know?
0: laughs> That's the ultimate predator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
0: I the just lazy male cat whose wife hunts all day.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. God, that sounds wonderful. Um, but no, uh, no, I haven't been like that at all. But but so, you know, I have to kind of – what I've kind of focused on now is um, making – being more, like, mindful when I do eat. Like, having scheduled meal times. I kind of do this – I don't know if you've ever heard of, like, the no S diet. Um
0: no, I hadn't until you had told me recently, and I looked it up. It sounded interesting. Oh, you did. Yeah, it seemed. It yeah, seemed and it was, and reasonable. I like
1: how the yeah. guy. What was that? I'm sorry.
0: It seemed pretty reasonable and legit, but I didn't dive in too much.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's a good. It's kind of a good. Um, it's like a heuristic, you know. Um, it has like a like a cultural basis. Like, the guy kind of looked at like, okay, one of the things that you know, until like 1970, nobody seemed to have this huge widespread obesity problems. What were they doing? And the, the thing I liked, he, he made a, one sentence that I think kind of stand out, stood out for me and kind of, you know how you read something and it like makes a bunch of other stuff start to click in sure. there.
0: Oh yeah. All the time.
1: And he's like, you know, being like having a reasonable, healthy body weight is not the sole provenance of Okinawan fishermen, paleo cave people. And French women you know mm-hmm. like up until fairly recently in her history almost everybody was and you know he talks about how like all the cultural changes and, and economic changes that made that different um, snacking anyway the the kind of main technology of it I guess you could say is you know focusing on just having like regular meals no snacks um, no like sweets you know, the obvious sugary stuff. Um, and then, you know, th- there's a couple of workarounds for kind of relaxing the rules on the weekends or for holidays and stuff like that. Um, but what, what I is it, like What does it mean,
0: no S? What is the S?
1: Yeah, so the, the, it's snacks, sweets, or seconds are the S's. Oh, I thought you were going to say sex. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, no, no that, that I think is actually generally encouraged as a fat-burning technology um My missing, but... <laughs> my missing link. And <laughs> yeah, mine too, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so that's why we're podcasting. <laughs> that's why we're podcasting.
2: <laughs>
0: if we were well laid, we would have nothing to say
1: and <laughs> right. be sleeping like one of those that's big right. cats. That's right. Yeah. So... <laughs> no. And I, I would not do a diet that entailed that anyway, whether the whether the options on the table or not. I wanna yes. believe that it's
0: we, uh, that let I, that part of the monk life go.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but yeah, so the uh the, the the other S's not sex. Um I what I like is I think that it's it's been helpful for me, um And it was one of those things that I, again, I did it, and then it worked so well, I stopped doing it. Um, But, you know, I I tend to make healthier choices when you have to make them count. um, And when I just, when you're more mindful. I mean, even like you were saying, like, even just starting to pay attention to what you eat, like you did with, after you watched Food, Inc., you know, just beginning that process of paying attention can Mm -hmm. really lead you somewhere.
0: Yeah, being mindful as a human has amazing rewards.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it, and it, it keeps you out of a lot of pitfalls um, that uh, that are sort of out there ensnaring a lot of people. I think. If we or could, just, could, if we could just
0: keep, if we could just keep ourselves, if we could just manage ourselves to prevent ourselves from. Outrageous scorn of everyone
1: who's not doing it your way. That's the, <laughs> yeah. <you know.
2: laughs>
1: yeah. Well, on our next issue or our next episode, we will tackle tribalism and mm-hmm. its okay. many dangerous manifestations in the in the world. Nice. We'll 20- talk about
0: yeah. underworld tribalism. I just read a chapter by Young on the archaic archaic man. Ah. So that was really interesting. Well, he throws around some pretty flighty, what you might call woo words, but he doesn't mean them in that way. So it takes right. a while to dial it in. Like, what the hell is he saying? He's, he's using some words that sound like mysticism, but he's, he, he's not. Wait, so right. that's, a,
2: that's it's, one of the things tricky. I think that
1: makes him really tough mm-hmm. for a lot of people. It's like he sounds unscientific, but... You know, I think he's actually coming from a very biological...
0: Biological end. science, and yeah, I mean, he's actually... You know, psychology is a weird, weird thing. I, I've often said, you know, I, I strongly believe the one science will never conquer is biology. It's just, it's just beyond us. There's just no way. And I'm not alone in saying this. I think Carl Sagan had said something similar. Mm-hmm. And there's been much written about this, that it doesn't... I think uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has also talked about this, how it just doesn't have the... Oh, how did he f- frame it? A, a certain roadmap that f- hard physics has. So yeah. biology is just this crazy animal. Then, to consider psychology, forget it. I mean, the, it, it's impossible. It's an impossibility. So Jung has just been a... Oh, my God, I've been tearing through it. I've read eight chapters of the um, book. I, I wasn't able to get the one that you recommended. Oh, okay. But I, I did get another one, and it's just all um, lectures of his. So it can be a little bit too hard, so I just got to kind of just breeze through it and glean out of it what I can.
1: Which, which book did you end up picking up?
0: Um, what is that called? Modern Man in Search of a Soul.
1: Oh, okay. Yep. I don't, I th- I don't think I've read that one, but I've seen so it. So he's really, oh. you
0: know, focusing on... Yeah, uh, the title speaks a lot about the book. It, it really does. This soul. Um, and he talks a lot about spending time with primitive peoples in Africa. Uh-huh. You know, and there's some language issues. You know, he calls them Negroes and, you know, language of okay. the times. I'm not the type of person to get offended by that because I understand that, you know, this is not an evil
1: person. (laughs) Right. Well, um, and you know what? Yeah. This is the thing about that. Like, the way I see it, I – if somebody has something that's useful for me, I don't really care if they offend me in delivering it. You know?
0: Yeah, in the delivery. As long as – you can – glean useful information from even pretty evil people but you wouldn't promote their <laughs> ideas you know
1: the the other parts of them so right right exactly I mean it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna excuse Heidegger for being a Nazi but like you just just focus on pre-Nazism yeah. of Heidegger <laughs> right
0: <laughs> stop but, full stop full yeah. stop 1937
1: you know whatever whatever <laughs> <laughs> right <sighs> Right. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, if there's something that's useful to, to, to learn, um, it's like, hey, I mean, like, I can use this and then I can go not be evil with it, you know?
0: Yeah, and then I was just shocked that Jung threw out this quote from um, Friedrich Schiller. And I, I couldn't believe he had this in there. Oh, I'm going to read it. It says, uh, man okay. only plays when he is in the fullest sense of the word a human being. And he is only fully a human being when he plays. Mm. And from a scientist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, that just seems odd to, for him to focus on that quote. Um, because he's talking a lot about emerging from childhood, you know, and dealing with the world in front of you. And yet he points to this quote by Schiller that's saying that uh, humans are the most human when playing. And out of curiosity I googled Friedrich Schiller to see who would come up, like who's promoting his ideas. Mm-hmm. And the first result was um, um, what's his name? Uh, John Zerzan. Do you know him? He's an anarchist, um. anarchist uh, thinker anarcho-thinker current. Okay,
1: current. no, I, I'm, not, I'm not too up on my current, the, no. besides the guys in New Hampshire with the open carry no, stuff. No, that's
0: fine. Uh, now, Zerzan's pretty, pretty interesting guy, um, but he I just he was like one of the first results for Shiller, and he has just a bunch of his stuff on a, a single page, which I found pretty interesting. Huh. And I've read a lot about play. Um, you know, there was an actual scientific journal of play.
1: Oh, no, that yeah. sounds really cool.
0: Yeah, there's an uh, actual oh. scientific, you know, journal. I think it's called the Journal of Play. I don't know if they're still updating it or whatnot. I got that info from um, Andrew Badnock. He's always been yeah. a big proponent of play. Um, mm-hmm. I've never really understood it. I'm the la- I, I The idea of play like makes me angrier. <laughs> if that's even possible. <laughs> like I get angry at my dog because all he wants to do is play at night like he's not ready he's not done he didn't get enough exercise so he just wants to play he wants to go in the backyard and play and I'm like fucking asshole go to bed I don't want to play I'm angry <laughs> can't you stare at fire like me Yeah.
1: <laughs> well I mean are you playing by, by staring at the fire is that a form of play no, for you
0: I, yeah ugh, that's a tough one I don't think so. I, I really don't. Yeah. It's really not freeing me up. It, it's, it's like, it's my little cage. It's my comfort zone. It's my crate. If I were a dog, standing in front of that fire is like me going in my crate. <laughs> I'm safe from the world. The world is safe from me. Let's just keep it this way for a few hours.
1: Right. Then right. I got
0: to pee. Okay. I'll have to w- leave the crate. All right. Then I come back
1: yeah we we so i think we've got it. we got a mission for you man we gotta we gotta we gotta uncrack this play mystery yeah that was the uh, reason that that quote stood out to you and there's a you're reason right
0: you're right and um it it was pretty impactful i had a pretty i've had a few good short very short conversations with um a play proponent um I'm going to totally blank on his name, but he does a lot with, uh, AHS. He does these actual play sessions. Mm-hmm. So like in between their breaks at uh, a conference, he actually does this like primal movement play based exercise where it's humans just playing together. And like these, it's like body against body strength against strength, pulling and pushing climbing, mm-hmm. balancing, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm not going to remember his name and I'm not going to try. But um, we, I had talked to him about this, about children, um, because one of my favorite quotes was from someone I interviewed, a doctor. And he said, um, I asked him for one piece of advice. What was the most important thing he could say for child rearing? And he said, never play with your children. And that, Weird. that fit in my wheelhouse so well, I, I fully agreed. But he meant it in a kind of a different way. Whereas, don't try to enter a child's realm of pretend. Okay. Okay. Don't force yourself into their mystical world. You can't do it. But mm-hmm. playing catch, frisbee, crawling, rolling, wrestling, that, that's, I don't think that's exactly what he meant, you know.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: So it's a little complicated, a little complex, some, some nuance there, you know. Uh, to, to kind of sort this all out. But yeah. I do have a standing rule. I do not play with my children um, in any, like, pretend stuff. Like, I don't, if they have a little fort set up and they're in there and they're creating their own world, I don't enter it at all.
1: Hmm. Huh, ah, that's interesting. If I they um... want,
0: If they want to learn how to swing a hammer or the axe, we we spend a lot of time together doing stuff like that, chopping wood. Building fires. Yep. So you might call that play, like you said, when well, I'm playing by the fire. I, well, in my way, I am with them that way. but
1: Right. I well, yeah, them, basically, I let them come to me, you know? Right. Yeah, I think that that, that kind of makes sense. Um, I don't know. I think that there's something about play for adults. So one of the things that I think is funny about those, those kind of circles and stuff is... It does seem just my my gut impression when you think about like a bunch of adults at a play workshop. I mean I think it's like I, I feel like it's 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 almost like a weird commentary that we need to have a workshop to do this. Um Well we don't have maybe the
0: tribalism, just, we don't have the culture, we don't have the Yeah exercises built into our daily routines, so yeah, you're probably
1: right. I mean, that's that's probably what it is. But you know, we work and I, too I hard.
0: The, we work too hard. We so. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And we stress too hard. So I, I totally buy in. But I just don't. I, I have this massive distinction between what that guy is calling play versus what a child does. They're not the same. I would. Well, call I would call adult play work purposeful work fun i would just call it fun leisure work versus what a child can do when they play that's a whole different fucking thing say it's, it's an entire different universe
1: well that's true you know i, I think that partly though it's because you know we, we always just sort of think that children are just miniature adults but they have a really different f- viewpoint and framework on the world than oh yeah than, oh yeah than we do by the time we get to to this stage in our lives um, you know, I, I'm just kind of thinking of checking my own experience with things. And I, I think, you know, and like, in some ways, I think I'm really kind of a a big kid. I mean, like, not in that, like, you know, like that guy who never grew up and just sits around playing video games. Like, I'm not like that. I mean, nothing wrong with video games. But, you know, the, uh, I, I'm not, that's not what I mean by by being a big kid. Like, I just mean that there are, you know, like, left to my own devices, if I if I pick up a stick and I don't have any particular, you know, reason, like, the purpose of that stick is not to go, you know, hang uh, something on or, or whatever, like, and I just have a couple of minutes with me and a stick, like, you can bet that I'm going to be swinging it around, fighting off an imaginary... Oh, wow. Yeah, and I've wow. always been like
0: that. No, and hey, first thing I'll do is see if I can break it over my knee. Yeah, <laughs> and then no. I'll see if it'll fit in the fire pit. And if it won't, I gotta find a way to break it. And then that's it. No, there's no plan. I'm, I'm like, not. I'm never. There is no dragons to slay.
1: No way. That's funny. Like, um, I don't know, and I, and I mean, I fully admit that I'm probably the weird one in that particular uh, scenario. But like, I'm I have no that. idea.
0: I don't know what's weird. Uh, no.
1: Well, that's true. I, it's it's increasingly difficult to make a <laughs> to make any kind of claim on weirdness sure, anymore. Sure. <laughs>